0: welcome back to another edition of Outside the Show. This is Meredith Hine, and I'm excited to be joined by men's soccer expert Jeff Hammersley, who is here to walk us through a preview of the upcoming men's soccer season. Jeff, how's it going?
1: I'm doing great, Meredith, happy to be back for another episode.
0: Jeff, the Buckeyes entered this season hoping to rebound from a truly abysmal year in 2018. Ohio State went just 1-15-2 last season, with the team's sole win coming in its second game of the season versus Hofstra. It was the worst record Ohio State's posted since 1972. Jeff, what did the Buckeyes have to do to rebound heading into the season?
1: Well, yeah, Meredith, 2018 was an incredibly rough year for the OSU men's soccer team. I mean, as you mentioned, their lone win came in game number two against Hofstra in the Wolstein Classic. From there on out, the Buckeyes went 0-14-2, 0-7-1 in the conference and ended their season on a 10-game losing streak. One improvement the team can make in 2019 is closing out the close games. In 2018, following that one win against Hofstra, three straight games were 1-0 losses, and one of them, the fourth game, was a 1-1 tie to Bowling Green. One of those games against Marshall, the lone goal came just shy of the second minute. The Buckeyes were similar in shots in that loss. They lost that margin from from shots 14 to 12. But it wasn't like they didn't have any chances. They definitely had chances to get some quality shots. In another 1-0 loss, A 31st-minute goal to Milwaukee-Wisconsin was the difference maker. South Florida was another 1-0 loss with the goal coming in the 32nd minute. In all three of those games, the Buckeyes had time to make a comeback but couldn't manage. Shots weren't the problem, but finishing out possessions and regaining the momentum down the stretch is a big thing I see OSU doing in 2019. Through those 18 games, the Buckeyes only scored eight times. You can't go anywhere with those kind of numbers and it showed last season. Jake Shepard had two goals for the Buckeyes. Devin Etling had a team leading with three. Uh, Shepard is going to be one of the senior leaders on the team, and Etling is a redshirt sophomore. Those two will be the ones to lead the scoring front, but they can't do it alone. The rest of the team has to have quality looks on goal and possessions that set the team up for success.
0: Head coach Brian Mazanoff is heading into his second season at the helm of the program, having taken over for John Bloom, who'd led the program the previous 21 seasons. Despite last year's record, Mazinoff has a proven track record of success in his previous roles. As an assistant at Indiana, he was part of the coaching staff, which led the Hoosiers to their national title in 2012. What does Mazanoff have to do in his second season to bring that level of success to Columbus?
1: I think Mazanoff was hit with a double whammy last season. First, he was taking over for a coach who'd been at the program for so long. Uh, John Bloom was an established figure for Ohio State, and he had success throughout his tenure. He was a four-time Big Ten Coach of the Year and won over 200 matches. Added in four Big Ten titles, two conference tournament crowns, and ten NCAA tournament appearances, and that's a pretty good resume. Second, the team was accustomed to Bloom. Whenever a new coach comes in, the flow gets disrupted to some degree as they try to do things their way. Personally, I believe the second Y isn't too big of an obstacle to jump over if you do well. However, last season was nearly the doomsday scenario as the Buckeyes only won once. But year two should be a little different. Mazanoff knows the team a little better, brought in five recruits for 2019, so he's got a handful of players that he's picked out, and is more experienced in the head coaching position. The hard part is going to be steering the team upward. If things get off rocky in year two, The sinking feeling could return where you start going, hey, here we go again. Buckeyes have to keep the ship afloat in the exhibition matches with Xavier, Mount Vernon and Butler before opening up the season against Cal State Northridge.
0: Unfortunately for the head coach, he doesn't have a lot of familiar faces to work with heading onto the field this fall, but he's gaining quite a bit of new talent. The Buckeyes lost 11 players from the 2018 roster not all of them seniors, but make up for it with an onslaught of incoming freshmen and transfers of their own. Jeff, what can we expect from this sort of roster turnover, and could it be a benefit for a team with just one win from last season?
1: Yeah, I mean, this goes back a little to my last answer. I mean, you need players to buy into your system. If they aren't buying what you're selling, you're going to have a bad time. With graduations and especially for the transfers, the athletes who want to go on to a different system or a different place Uh, that works better for them have that ability 11 players is a decent chunk of the roster that's gone out but in a way it's a soft reset for mazanoff and this buckeye squad i think these preseason contests will be huge in determining how in sync the next roster is Uh, it'll take a little bit of time to get these issues ironed out but you want to see progress when the day is done i think we'll see a more mazanoff looking game plan that looks and feels comfortable but i think it will be by the end of the first month of the season. These things take time. What you hope is that by the first month of games I've concluded, things are looking good or at least progressing. Progress is the key here.
0: Maryland may be the defending champ in the NCAA, but the Terps finished middle of the pack in the Big Ten in 2018 as Indiana took home their regular season and tournament titles. Jeff, who are the teams to look out for in the Big Ten this season?
1: Well, winning a national title makes you an immediate threat. So with that, Maryland is a team I'd look for as being a conference favorite. At the same time, though, Indiana is right up there, too. The Hoosiers lost to Maryland in the semifinals, and I think that they will be loaded for Bear in 2019. Michigan State was also a semifinalist last year in the College Cup, so I'd expect them to join the other duo in the Big Ten chase as well preseason polls have UMD and IU going one and two respectively. Michigan State is seventh. At the top, Big Ten soccer has some very talented teams. That's very good for the conference, but not so good if you're a team like Ohio State who's trying to rebuild off a one-win season.
0: Along with Maryland, Akron was the other semifinalist in last year's NCAA tournament. And you see other teams from outside Power 5 conferences, like Air Force and St. Mary's, in the United Soccer Coaches preseason poll. What does it mean to have this sort of parity across the sport? And who are the teams to beat nationally this fall?
1: Parity is good. It levels the playing field, and I think it makes the games more enjoyable. Look at what happened in college basketball in the last Final Four. You had Auburn, Texas Tech, and Virginia, teams that haven't won in a long time or haven't even won the title at all, let alone a Final Four, in the mix at the very end. Akron was a team that was nine years removed from their first and last title, and they were just one win away from claiming their second. They aren't a big school by any means, but it shows that you don't have to be a big school to go far in soccer. Teams that are experienced, I believe, have the best chance to make runs in the tournament. So your automatic qualifiers like Denver, who won the Summit, or James Masson who won the CAA, are definitely teams to keep an eye on, and that's in addition to Akron and St. Mary's.
0: The Buckeyes have a lot of work to do to bounce back from last season, but they look to have a lot of the tools necessary to make those much needed improvements this fall. What's your prediction for the Buckeyes season this year?
1: The litmus test will be these preseason matches. I don't think they'll win all three, but if they stay in the hunt for a win or a tie in all of them, I think that bodes well for how the season starts. I think they'll at least win one of those three exhibition contests, especially with the two games being at home between Xavier and Mount Vernon. Of the non-conference games, I think they can snag a couple, possibly three wins before Big Ten season gets going. I think the road matches with Dayton, Bowling Green, and South Florida are going to be the hardest prior to their first Big Ten game, but drawing one of those games would be huge. They also have to play Cleveland State, Kentucky, and West Virginia too. And then those are mixed in with the Big Ten schedule. Home wins against West Virginia and or Cleveland State would be very good considering that they have more time as a team before those games happen. I think in the conference, I think Northwestern might be the likeliest road win. Rutgers may be the second likeliest. Uh, Penn State is their first Big Ten game of the season and it's in Columbus. So I would like to see at least a draw, maybe even a win there. Maybe three or four total wins in conference for the Buckeyes when it's all said and done. Uh, but in totality for the season, I think a five win season is the absolute four for Mazenoff and Ohio State.
0: And there you have it. Best of luck to the Buckeyes, who, again, open up their season this Saturday against Xavier and Columbus. That's what we've got for you on today's edition of Outside the Show. Again, we're joined today by Jeff Hammersley and I'm Meredith Hine. We'll see you next week. i